Now, I'm going to transition into our message today. So today we're in part four of a series called The 5G Life. And in the series, we're trying to answer two questions. So number one, what does spiritual maturity look like? So what, what should it look like for those of us who are Christ followers, who want to grow in our relationship with God? What does it look like for us to grow to be spiritually mature? And question number two is, how do we get there? And most of us understand we're not born spiritual. We understand that there are things we have to do on a regular basis to grow in the right direction in our relationship with God. But what are those things? And how do we uh, engage those things on a regular basis? Well, as we were starting Epic almost six years ago, we spent some time studying the life of Jesus. Because the answer to question number one is Jesus. So what does spiritual maturity look like? It's Jesus. It's how he lived. It's how he treated people. It's how he sacrificed for people. So living like Jesus is the goal that God has for all of his followers. Now, the, the second question is, what did Jesus do? What did he do on a regular basis? What are the things that he did? What are the things that he told his followers to do? What are the things that we need to be involved in in order to make sure that we stay on track in our relationship with him? Well, as, as we were studying the life of Jesus, there were at least five things that kept rising to the surface. At least five things that we saw Jesus do on a consistent basis. And that's where we came up with the 5G life. So this is the stuff that we feel like if, if we do these things on a regular basis, we will always be on track in our relationship with God and doing the things that lead towards the spiritual maturity that God has for us. So um, pop quiz today. Anybody ready for a pop quiz? All right. I hated pop quiz in school and you're probably hating this moment, but it's going to be fun. So what I would love to hear from somebody is to tell us what the five G's are in order without looking at your wristband or somebody else's wristband, okay? So can anybody tell us what the five G's are in order? I see a hand up front here. Yes, my brave friend. God. God. That is awesome. Let's give that guy a round of applause. We've got some free coffee for you, you know, to have like for the rest of your time. Oh, mom says no coffee. Okay. All right. So next part of the pop quiz, I'm going to tell you one of the titles and I want somebody to repeat back what the summary is that we've been talking about in this series. Okay. So summarize, we've got a summary statement for each of the five G's. So repeat back what you kind of think the summary statement is. All right. So the first is God. So, so what's the summary statement for that first G? Man, I should have sent out an email saying there's going to be a pop quiz. Okay, so I'll give you this one. It, it's, it represents start a relationship with God and grow that relationship through prayer. So regular conversation with God. All right, so number two, grow. What are we supposed to do through growing? Okay, so study the Bible and learn. So study and apply. Read the Bible and apply. If you're just reading the Bible but not applying, you're not growing to be like Jesus. If you're reading the Bible and applying the Bible, we're growing to be like Jesus. All right, so the third, gather. What are we supposed to do? Community. So we're supposed to gather with a small group of Christ followers to learn to live in biblical community. All right, number four, give. What are we supposed to do? I'm hearing pieces of it. So give of our time, talents, and resources. Yes, you got it. All right. Number five, go. Go. Out. go. Someone said go home. <laughs> Is that for me? Is that for you? I don't know. That's awesome. Go. Or was that phone home? Like, I don't know. Is that an ET remark? All right. So go. Go where? Some, go everywhere. Doing what? 
Yes, so tell people about Jesus. So go everywhere telling people about the, the life of Jesus. Use your life and your words. The important piece of that. So sometimes we use our words, but we don't use our life. That's not good. Sometimes we, use, we try to use our life and we don't use our words. Not good either. So we need to use the tension of those things. So great job, everybody. Thank you for per- participating in that. Give yourself a star. Okay, now we're gonna focus on the fourth G today which is give, and I'm going to give you up front the bottom line, no pun intended, but it kind of is. So I'm going to give you up front the bottom line for today's message in case you fall asleep, get bored, and want to check out Facebook or, or, you know, want to leave early. All right, so the bottom line is this. God wants us who claim to be followers of his to give of our time, our talents, and our resources to advance his kingdom in the world. So God wants us, if if you say, like, I'm a follower of Jesus, then God wants you to give of your time, your talents, and your resources to advance his kingdom in the world. Okay, now, if you're a guest with us or you invited a friend today and they just happened to show up today, you're probably thinking, oh, no, they came on the wrong Sunday. Like this is the giving Sunday. This is where the pastor is going to talk about giving, make us all feel a little bit awkward. And this is, you know, like if you're, you're like, you're new here, maybe you're thinking like, I left church 10 years ago because they were talking about money. And then you show up and here we are talking about giving again. All right. So let me just tell you, today I am going to talk about giving and I'm going to talk about challenging all of us to new levels of giving. But today's message is really interesting in that it's not about giving. It's about something else. God has this very interesting twist when it comes to giving. And we gotta pay attention because we'll miss it. And I think a lot of us do miss it. I know I missed it for many years in my life. So we gotta pay attention for that. So I'm glad you're here. And uh, last week, if you weren't here, we learned that we are made in God's image. So if you're a follower of Jesus or not, you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus, you're still made in the image of God. All human beings are made in God's image. Bible says that God is love. And so when we love other people, I think we're living out of the image of God. We don't fully understand what being made in the image of God means, but we get glimpses of it when we do things that God would do. So when we love people, We're living out of the image that God has made us in. Bible teaches that because of God's love, he gave. So out of his love, it it prompted him to give, uh, to give us his one and only son so that we could have eternal life. So when we follow his example, when we love people, when we give to other people, we're living out of the image that God has made us in. So we can easily say that God has created us to be givers. God has made us to be givers. Now, not only did God make us to be givers, but if you're a follower of Jesus, he has equipped you to be a giver. You've got the resources that you need to be the giver that God wants you to be. So listen to how 1 Corinthians chapter 12 addresses that through this thing called spiritual gifts, okay? So let's listen to what God has to say about spiritual gifts and what we're supposed to do with them. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, this applies to you. Starting in verse four, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Now pay attention to this. God works in different ways. So if you expect God to work in the same way in your life all the time, guess what? He doesn't work that way. God works in different ways. But 
It's the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given a spiritual gift, a special ability that God wants you to use for something very specific. He has a specific purpose for that gift that he has given you. The moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were given a spiritual gift. Now, verse seven tells us what that spiritual gift is for. So a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So the spiritual gift that you were given, it wasn't given for your benefit. It wasn't given to you so you could make a lot of money. It wasn't given to you so you could make a big name for yourself and people to know, oh, that's the person who's really good at that thing. It was given so you would give it away. So you would use it to help other people. And then in verse eight, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter four, it gives us a list of the spiritual gifts found in the Bible. So if you are a Christ follower, you have one of these gifts. And I'm gonna read through that list here. So these are the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. Prophecy, serving, faith, encouragement, generosity, leadership, mercy, knowledge, teaching, miracles, discernment, speaking unknown languages, interpreting unknown languages, evangelism, shepherding people, healing, and wisdom. Those are the spiritual gifts mentioned. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have at least one of those things, and God wants you to use it to help other people. He wants you to give that gift away. Out of curiosity, how many of you think you know what your spiritual gift is? So raise your hand high, hold it up so I can kind of see everybody. Okay, a decent amount of, of folks. Um, I think uh, my spiritual gift is encouragement. I think I have the spiritual gift of mercy. And it is very much up for debate whether I have the spiritual gift of teaching. All right, so God and I are still talking about that one. And you probably have your own uh, assumptions on, on that or your own answer for that. But it, who of you would say you're interested in learning more about spiritual gifts? How many of you say that? Or you would like to know what your spiritual gift is? Okay, so a number of us. For those of you who are interested in that, I've put on our Spiritual Growth Challenge uh, some resources that can help you with that. There's some book recommendations, there's some online resources, some tests that you can take that will help give you an indication of what your spiritual gift might be and how you can use that gift. But, but please listen to this. Before you go pick that up, you can pick it up at our Connection Center before you leave today, but before you pick that up, know this. The best way to discover your spiritual gift is to serve. That's the best way to discover what your spiritual gift is. See, you could read all about spiritual gifts. You could give a class on spiritual gifts. But if you don't actually serve, you're not going to discover what your gift is. And, And there may be things that you would answer on a test, but you wouldn't know in practice because you haven't tried it. So you may try something and go, I would have never known that that I like doing that or that I'm good at that. So we have to be active in serving. So what happens when we get active in serving is we start seeing what we're good at and what we're not good at. And guess what happens else? Other people see what we're good at and we're not good at. And through serving and through other people, God confirms what our spiritual gift might be. Here's the thing. If you think you're great at something, but other people around you don't think you're great at that, guess what? That's not your spiritual gift. 
you know, that may be the thing that you like to do, that, that may be the thing that you want to do, but that doesn't mean that's the thing that God created you to do. Here's an example. I love to sing in my car when I'm driving around town all by myself until I stop at a stoplight and I look over and somebody's giving me a weird look. But that doesn't mean I should join our worship team and be up here singing. Why? That would not be beneficial to you. That would not help you at all if I sang. I mean, that would be horrible. So we let people that are good at that do that. So again, dive in, get active in serving, and you begin to discover what you are good at. So if you're looking for a place to get active in serving, we've got lots of opportunities around here. Stop by our Connection Center before you leave today. Have a conversation with someone there about, hey, how can I get active in serving? They would love to help you get connected in that. Now, not only has God given us spiritual gifts, but God has given us natural abilities. So you have a natural ability. You have something that you were born good at, something that just comes natural to you. Um, you may not know what it is, Sometimes it's hard for us to see the things that we're good at because we look at it like, ah, everybody's kind of good at that. And the reality is, no, they're not. So there's something that you're good at and God wants you to use that for the benefit of other people. So some people are great at leadership. Some people are great at organizing things. Some people are great at solving problems or athletics or listening. I mean, there's any number of things that you can be great at. And again, what does God want you to do with that? He wants you to serve. He wants you to use it for the benefit of other people. A friend of mine here at church says, if you are really good at something, you have a responsibility to do that for the benefit of other people. I love that statement. I love it. I couldn't agree with him more. You and I have a God-given responsibility to use our gifts to benefit other people, not for us. The stuff that we've been given is not for us. Can you imagine how different our world would be if we all understood the gifts that we've been given from God are for other people? All right, just think for a moment. How different would the nightly news be? How different would the stuff that we see going on around the world, like maybe in the Middle East right now, how different would the Middle East be? How different would our country be? How different would your work environment be if everybody showed up and said, listen, today I'm just here to give out of what God has given me and to serve you. How can I best serve you? You think our work environments would be a little different? Think our families would be a little different? Think our churches would be a little different? If we all just showed up and said, listen, it's not about me. It's not about the recognition I can get. It's about me just giving away what God has given me for the benefit of other people. I think our world would be different. That's the kind of world God wants us to create. That's the kind of world God wants us to live in. So as his followers, he wants us to live like that. He wants us to gather as a church family to learn how to live that way, how to say, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about me serving you. So what are you good at? And how can you use that to benefit other people? Another thing that God has given us is the gift of time. Time is the great equalizer. You know, we may have been given different gifts and different amounts but time is the thing that we all get in the same amount. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, 60 seconds spot on time. Can I have a clock in the corner? It's there. Thank you. Roll them. Rolling. Action. Okay, here's the deal. We all know that life is busy. There aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things that we want and need to do. In fact, you're probably thinking of all the things you need to do next week right now, wondering how you're going to squeeze it all in. But the fact is, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter how much is on your plate, we all have the same gift of 24 hours each day. 
24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. All the money in the world won't let you buy one single second more than the next guy. And once that second is gone, it's gone forever. Look, there goes one right now. Another one, gone. You'd think that we would judiciously use such a limited and valuable gift. You'd think that we would choose wisely how to spend, no, invest our time. But do we? Really? I mean, after taking the time for eating and sleeping and all the other basic necessities, do we really use this gift the way we should? Think of all the great things you could do in 24 hours, all the lives you could touch, all the significant changes that could be made in your life and others. The fact is, you could actually make a difference in this world in 24 hours. Or not. So, how are you investing your time? So we've all been given the same amount of time. And we all get 24 hours. And it doesn't mean that we're all going to be promised 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. It just means that we all have the same 24-hour time frame to make an impact on other people. So how can you use your time to benefit others? Not, not for yourself, but to benefit other people around you. Who could you bless with the gift of your time and attention? where you could come alongside them and give them some encouragement. Maybe you could pray with them. Maybe you could give them a shoulder to cry on in a difficult moment that they're in. Maybe that you could just laugh with them and celebrate what God is doing in their life. Who can you give some of your time to? It's the most precious commodity that we have. Now, another thing that God has given us is resources. So this is stuff like money and possessions. And this is where some of you go, here it is, here it comes. He's going to start talking about money, and I'm going to feel really weird. You know, it's mine. I don't want anybody telling me what to do with my money. So if you feel that way, I understand. I felt that way a long time in my life. But I want you to listen to what a guy by the name of David said in the Old Testament part of the Bible. So if you know the story of David and Goliath, this is that David. So he was a shepherd boy who ended up becoming the second king of the nation of Israel. And God used him mightily in his life. David wasn't perfect. But God said, David is a man after my own heart. So listen to what David said. When he wanted to build God a temple, he came to God and said, listen, I want to I build you a permanent home, a temple for, for you to reside in, to be with your people. And God said, I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm going to let your son do that. But I'll let you gather the resources, the offerings, the, the supplies that are needed for that. And so David started doing that. But listen to what David said as he was gathering all these supplies, all this gold and silver and and bronze and iron and wood that he was gathering. Listen to what he said about all of those resources. First Chronicles chapter 29, David said this. He said, everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. So in our context, everything that we have belongs to God. Yeah, but what about that bank account? Yep, it's God's. Well, I earned all that money in there. Well, God gave you the ability to do that. Um, so everything that we have, our home, the car you drive, the crappy car you drive, you know, all everything, it belongs to God. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. So again, that, that's a reference of what we just read in 1 Corinthians. So God decides. He d distributes the, the resources, the strength, the wealth, the, the honor. He spreads those around as he sees fit, gives them to who he wants to give them to. Verse 13, 
Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Verse 14, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. So David reminds us that everything we have comes from God and everything belongs to God. And God wants us to give some of that back to him in recognition that everything belongs to him. Now, before we have a panic attack and and think that I'm about to challenge you to give all your money away, let me tell you God's strategy with this, okay? So God's strategy in scripture was for us to give 10% of our income back to him. So a tenth, that's that's what a tithe is. That's what that means. We'd give 10%. So God says, listen, if you make 10 bucks in a week, I'd like you to set aside $1 and give it back to me. Make $100 in a week, I'd like you to set aside 10% of that, it's 10 bucks. Set that aside and give that back to me. And what does that do? Listen, it doesn't give God lunch money. Okay, so God's not up in heaven bumming lunch money off of us. God does not need one dime from us. Everything in the world belongs to God. He doesn't have a need up there. Who does? We do. We have a need. And when we do that, when we do the spiritual discipline of giving, of tithing, it reminds us this all belongs to God anyway. I'm just giving it back to him. It's his and he can use it any way he wants to and what it does in our hands. So when we hold on to things like this, guess what? God can't put anything new in our hands. We open our hands like this, say, God, it's yours. I give it all to you, and I want to live the way that you want me to live so God can place new things in our hands as he sees fit. So God wants us to set aside 10% of our income and give that back to him. Now, for much of my life, I did not believe that, and I did not practice that. For much of my life, I would hear that. I hear a pastor talking like that. I'm like, let me just tune you out because I'm not planning on doing that one. And I had no problem giving of my time. I had no problem giving of my talents. But I, there was no way I was going to give of my resources. And here's why. I didn't trust God. I didn't trust that God would meet my needs. I, I could not see how God's formula would work. I'm like, God, I need all the, the resources I have. Like, I can't spare a portion of it and give back to you. So I did not trust that this could work. But watch how this twist comes in. So this is Jesus talking, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. So Jesus is going to to tell us the twist about giving. It's very interesting. And understand who is speaking in this verse. All right, this isn't one of the religious leaders of the day. This isn't one of Jesus' disciples. This is Jesus. This is God in the flesh who gave his life and died so we can live. So understand that. This is him speaking. This is what he says. Luke 6, 38, he says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and pouring into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. Now, for much of my life, I would read verses like that and I would say, sounds great, but I don't believe it. That sounds great, but I'm not doing that. Like, no way, I'm not going to do that. Because, you know, here's the deal. Last time I gave something, I didn't get it back. Like, when I gave time, I don't get that time back. It's not like the end of the day, you know, after I, I gave an hour to, to somebody at work, and I get home, like, wow, I get an extra hour of sleep. This is amazing. You know, last time I wrote a check and, and a tithe or a special offering to the church, the church didn't cut me a check back. You know, so that's not 
how that works. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand this. So for a long period of time in my life, I'm like, I just don't understand this verse. I don't, I don't get this promise of God here. But 17 years ago, I started to experience what Jesus meant. 17 years ago, my wife and I were living in Virginia. Uh, I was trying to finish my graduate degree. We had two young kids at the time. I worked at the university uh, that I was going to school at, worked full-time job, full-time education, had a part-time job on top of that, and I made a whopping $700 a month. All right, so try to you know, feed four people in your family off of that. And uh, my car payment and our auto insurance was about $350 a month. So for $350, we tried to figure out how to live. And uh, to add the the fun benefit on top of that, we had about $5,000 in credit card debt. And we had several hospital bills. We'd ended up going to the hospital for different reasons. And so we had this accumulating debt. And we were in this very difficult financial spot. And I'm looking around going like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't see how God's formula works. Like, we are struggling. So if you've ever struggled financially, if you're struggling now financially, I understand. We were in that spot, struggling, wondering, how is this going to work? But here's the thing. Two years later, we were debt-free. Two years later, we were debt-free. I don't know how to explain that other than that was the moment that I took a leap of faith and trusted God in that verse. And I said, all right, I'm going to take this leap. God, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Makes no sense that I would give 10% of our income. Like, like, I think we need that right now more than anybody else. And so my wife, who was uh, lead, doing the bills at the time, she was, um, I'll say, more spiritually mature than I was at the time because she was on board ready to do this. But I kept saying, no, no, no. And finally, we got to that spot. And I'm like, okay, like this is crazy, ridiculous. Makes no sense at all, but let's start tithing. So she started writing $70 checks to our church. And I'm looking at it going, this is ridiculous. Like, I can't imagine that God would want to do anything with that. And yet what started happening is we didn't win the lotto. We didn't have a big inheritance. You know, nobody showed up our house and said, hey, here's, you know, $10,000. Thanks for your gift. That didn't happen. Sometimes we look at the verses like that and we think it's teaching this prosperity gospel. It says like, hey, you give God money, he's going to give it right back and you're going to get rich. That's not what Jesus was talking about. The stuff that we get comes in different forms. You may be blessed financially. God blessed us financially in that course of events where we were able to see our needs met on a regular basis in ways that I can't explain. I cannot explain it other than the fact that we took a step of faith and trusted that God would do what only God could do, that he would keep his promise that when we give, we will receive. So sometimes we get stuff back that's totally different than finances, totally different than what we give, but it's something that we desperately need. So again, for me, I watched God perform the miraculous when at that moment I finally took a leap of faith and said, okay, God, after years of running from this, I'm taking this leap of faith and trusting that you will keep your promise and that you will help us in this moment of difficulty. And we watched it happen. So the G that has helped me probably the most, more than any other G to that point in my life, in my journey at that point was this spiritual discipline of giving. Now, here's other ways that I've experienced this promise from God, this you give and you receive. 
Um, most of you know that we take international mission trips. We've got a partnership in Guatemala. Um, we love going down there to help the church that we work with down there to reach their community for Christ. And when we're down there, we get to do some amazing things. We get to build homes for needy families. We get to work with at-risk kids. Um, this past year, we got to do a medical missions trip, our very first medical missions, and that was amazing. And every time I'm there, the same thoughts come to my mind. The same verses come to my mind. I hear Jesus saying, give and you will receive. I hear what Jesus said in Acts, where it's recorded that he said, it's better to give than receive. I hear that when I'm there and I see the reality of it. And here's the deal. So our team is, we're pouring out, we're giving of our time, talents, and resources. And I feel like what God does is he takes what we give and he presses it down. He shakes it around. He puts more in and he piles it up. There's more uh, in that container than we can handle. And he, he hands it back to us. I feel like I always get back way more than I ever give when I'm there. And it makes me think of what Jesus said to his disciples. So there's this time that Jesus was leading his disciples through this area called Samaria, and the disciples did not want to go there. They did not like the Samaritans. They wanted to go around that area. But Jesus said, no, we're going to go through Samaria because I want to do something in your heart and in Samaria. So they've been walking all day. They're exhausted. They're tired. It's kind of actually middle of the day. It's noontime. It's hot. And they stop at a well. Jesus stays at the well. And the disciples go in to get lunch. Uh, I think Jesus wanted a sandwich from Chick-fil-A. So, so they ran into town to see if Chick-fil-A was open. It wasn't Sunday, so I think they could get it. So they're in getting lunch. And Jesus is out by the well. And this woman comes out. And she was a woman nobody wanted to talk to. She was a prostitute. That's why she came in the middle of the day. Nobody wanted to be around her, at least not publicly. And so she comes and Jesus offers her the gift of his time and attention. So he looks at this woman and he starts his spiritual conversation. And she's like, her mind is blown. Like who would talk to her? She knows he's not a Samaritan. He's, he's a Jew. Why would he talk to her? And she's a woman. And then she's a prostitute on top of that. And Jesus starts a spiritual conversation that leads to most of her community coming to know Jesus as the Messiah. An amazing gift of time that happened out of that. All right, so then Jesus' disciples come back and they say, hey, we got lunch. Jesus, you should eat. You're hungry. And he says, guys, I'm full. I am full. I've eaten a spiritual food that you don't know anything about. Like, I'm good. Then John verses uh, 4 Verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And get, get this, the fruit that they harvest is people brought to eternal life. And he says, oh, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. So Jesus is reminding us that giving is not about giving. It's about something else. It's about receiving something that will last forever. So here's my closing challenge for all of us. Find ways to give of your time, talents, and resources to advance God's kingdom in the world. Find ways as many ways as you possibly can to give of your time, your talents, and your resources to advance God's kingdom, not your kingdom. 
Not, not so that you can make more money or make a name for yourself, but to advance God's kingdom, to use the things that you've been given to benefit other people. So find a place to serve here at Epic. And out of that, I'm confident you'll discover what your spiritual gift is. Use your natural abilities to help people around you. I mean, you could do that today. There's something you're good at and you could help somebody today by using that thing. Give someone your time. There's someone around you desperately in need of someone who will come along and just do what Jesus did. Invest in them. Listen to them. Start a conversation. Who knows where that conversation could lead? Who could you give the blessing of your time to today? Start trusting God with the resources that he has given you. Take this leap of faith and, and start tithing. And, and if you're like, whoa, 10%, like that is out of this world, pick a percent. Start somewhere. Say, God, I'm going to trust you in this, and I'm going to work my way in that direction. Now, here's a way that all of us can get active together as a church and practice the spiritual discipline of giving. On October the 18th, we have our next 3G Sunday coming up. So this is probably my favorite day of the year beyond the fact that I don't have to preach that day. It's the day that I get to drive around our community and watch our church in action. I get to watch us be the church. So if you're not familiar with 3G Sunday, what we do is we take three of our 5Gs and we put them into practice. So we gather that morning for a short pep rally. Then we go into our community and we give back out of what God has given us. We have 18 different projects this year all throughout our, our county. We're working with the city of Palm Coast, the city of Bunnell, city of Flagler Beach. Um, we're working here in our school. So this is, this is the school that they allow us to use this facility. And so we're going to be painting one of the, the classrooms. I think it's the, the band room here. So we have the opportunity to bless our school and the students that, that we have that, that go here. And uh, get this, like, I love when we can go out into our community and send this big message to people in our community that you matter to God, Amen. that our God is for you. And so what are we going to do on that day? We're not going to have church as normal. We're going to go be the church for our community. And so what I hope is that you will join us in this. And if, you, if you're working that day, I hope that you'll take off. Like if you were thinking, well, that's my day to, to take off. We're just going to do the serving thing anyway. I hope that you won't. I hope that you'll join us and get active in serving with us as a church family. Again, we have about 300 opportunities for us to get together. It's going to take a lot of us to join together. We've got opportunities for first graders on up. So there's an opportunity for you. There's all kinds of different projects and ways that you can get involved in that. And we'll tell you more about that in the next few weeks. So please be paying attention for that and, and mark that on your calendar, 3G Sunday. It's an opportunity for us to tell our community that our God is for them. So that's our fourth G, give our time, talents, and resources to advance God's kingdom. So I hope you'll come back next week and we'll close this out with the fifth G, talk about going everywhere to tell everyone about the life of Jesus. So let's pray together and our worship team will close this out. God, I'm so grateful for all that you have done to give to us. You are an amazing giver. You are so incredibly generous. And so, Lord, when you give to us, you want us to give in return and to learn how to do that. Lord, we're made in your image. We were created to give, not, not to consume, not to, to try to control, but we were created to give freely of what you've given us. And so, Lord, you've given all of us time. 
You've given all of us talents. You've given all of us resources. And Lord, all of them belong to you. So Lord, we want to take a leap of faith and give back to you. And God, I know that there are probably here today a number of people who were in my spot years ago. I would listen to a pastor say that and I would like, no thanks, I'm not ready. I'm not doing that. That's for somebody else. But Lord, it's for all of us because you've created us to be givers. You've created us to follow in your footsteps. So Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to do that. Lord, I pray that today would be that day that we take a courageous step and follow you and learn how to be the givers that you want us to be. Lord, help us to trust you in that and watch you perform the miraculous in our lives. And Lord, teach us that giving really isn't about giving. It's about something else. It's about something that'll last for eternity. So Lord, guide us in this journey, I pray, as we take a leap of faith and trust you. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray this. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors on staff and we are so glad that you're here with us today. I just have several announcements. Just like that video was talking about, we believe that groups are the best place to get connected and to grow in your relationship with God. And we actually have two opportunities for you today to be able to jump into a small group environment. And so uh, the first one is Starting Point. So if you've never been a part of any of our small group environments, we'd love for you to jump into Starting Point. It's a nine-week conversational environment where you uh, really find out uh, how you play a part of God's story. And so we're going to be having an intro meeting right after the service over here in the teacher's lounge for you to be able to find out more about that and actually sign into a group. So if you have a kid in Epic Kids, uh, right after the service, go ahead and get them and then come on over here to the teacher's lounge. We'll start about five minutes after the service and you'll be able to uh, plug into that small group environment. If you've been through Starting Point, we would love for you to jump into a community group and we have a five-week experience for you to be able to try that out because we'd love of everyone to get into a men's, women's, or couples community group. And so that's going to be at four o'clock today from four to five thirty at Palm Coast Community Church. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for that, please sign up in the back next to the tech table. There will be someone there to help you find directions to Palm Coast Community Church and uh, answer any questions that you have about that five-week group experience. And then if you are a guest with us, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you would like to find out more information about who we are, please stop by our Connection Center uh, as there will be someone there to help answer any of the questions that you have and then also to be able to get to know you a little bit more. Well, this month we are doing a food drive for Grace Community uh, Food Pantry. And so it's a great opportunity to fill up a bag of groceries that will uh, provide a family groceries for a weekend. And so we would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, if you did not get a bag last week, uh, there are bags right next to the Connection Center. So go ahead and grab one of those and then, you know, go to the grocery store, get the buy one, get one freeze, throw the free one in there and then bring that on back during the month of September and we'll get that over to Grace Community Food Pantry to help out uh, different families at that point. And then besides uh, serving in many different ways here in our community, uh, there's another way that we can give back. We can give of our resources that God desires for us to do that, to see life change happen in people's uh, relationship with Jesus. And so if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give online securely at theepicchurch.com or at the end of each section, uh, there's an offering box that you can give there as well.
Well, last week, uh, Trent mentioned uh, a family that was in um, just kind of a critical situation. Uh, Suzette um, went to the hospital about a week and a half ago or almost two weeks ago, and she wasn't feeling very well, and it found out that she had cancer and stage four cancer at that point, and um, things started to not go very well. And so she passed away this past week uh, in the hospital. Yeah. And her husband is Ferdinand. Uh, he goes by Ferdy. They're originally from South Africa. So be praying for him. Be praying for her family, um, as that was really unexpected, um, as so many of you were already praying for her. And uh, the cool thing is that she really knows who Jesus was and uh, desired for everybody to know that. And so before we continue on in our service, we're going to pray for that family. So um, let's pray together. So Father, um, we just come to you. And God, Uh, When unexpected things happen, uh, we're at a loss of where to turn. But yet, God, we can always turn to you. You are with us no matter what. And just thank you so much for Suzette who knew you. And God, that she is in a great place today. And God, it's hard to go through the loss of a spouse. So we pray that you would be with Ferdy, their friends, their family. um, As Anytime we lose someone, that is a tough thing to experience. And so, God, would you provide them peace, your comfort, and their strength in this time of mourning? And so, God, uh, today, it should really just speak to our hearts in terms of uh, how much time that we have and what do we do with our time. And so today, God, uh, through this message, would you remind us what life is really about? And would we open our ears to what you have to say? And so, Father, we just thank you um, for what you're going to do in our lives and in our community. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.